to another episode of She Said. She Said. I'm Molly. And I am Alyssa. And it is so good to be back after three months. Not, <laughs> three years. Three years of not. How are you How are you feeling, Molly? I'm doing okay. A lot less chipmunky than I have been in the past couple of days. I got all four of my wisdom teeth out. <laughs> and I've never been in such uncomfortable excruciating pain in my whole entire life everybody makes it sound like so sort of like cute and exciting being like (laughs) so cute getting these huge things extracted from your mouth is so cute you get to eat ice cream it's fun (laughs) like and it's not fun they're like you get to eat mashed potatoes and all this stuff literally one sitting of ice cream and mashed potatoes you're like okay this is why babies cry all the time i don't want to eat mush anymore (laughs) this is why babies it has nothing to do with the fact that they can't communicate it has only to do with the fact they're consuming soft food that they eat mush (laughs) and nothing else um so yeah i was over it pretty quickly um but now the swelling has gone down and i'm feeling a little bit thank you but yeah how have you been liz um i honestly i feel like life has been a a frigging roller coaster since we last recorded an episode of she said she said i know it feels like we've been in the dance pose from high school musical and they like taught you how to do it for the viewers at home on disney channel Mm -hmm. and they're like in a straight line and they like go like this and they're (laughs) at different times and they do like a human roller coaster that's how life has felt just being in one of those Oh, I just feel like so much has happened. I mean, it's it's what we're a third of the way through February, and I I just feel like it's been like five months already in this year, and it's been yeah. Like, I feel personally attacked. Um, I know it's just it's been a lot, and yeah, I I just think a lot of things have happened like in a short period of time. Yeah. Um, but I feel like I've been having a really good week. Been working through some things that are giving me some hope for the new year and just the rest of our lives. There's so much of 2020 was spent just despairing and seeing only darkness at the end of the tunnel and like never thinking things Mm. will be better in any in any sphere of our lives or that's really dramatic that i was feeling that for a <laughs> bit of the year but i feel like i don't think that you're alone and yeah. it's not dramatic yeah thank like you. i think a lot of people are we're, that we're feeling that way so i've i mean and of course like there's a lot of things that are still really scary right now but i i've just been um getting some reminders that have been bringing me hope and i hope mm-hmm. that some of you have been having totally, similar experiences yeah. as well and also like we're in 2021 now we didn't even say happy like we haven't even yeah happy new year happy new year (laughs) just going off that i didn't even think like we'd be making it to this point not being dramatic no i don't even know what that means but like it just is crazy that the world like hasn't ended or something like very extreme i know and i think it's very fitting for 2020 that we're like reviewing 2020 two months after it's already happened (laughs) i know it's just right on like everybody's just run down and tired and we can't be bothered i know but better late than never you know and and in in line of what i was just saying we've been so busy like both of us yeah. have been and we've I, had a lot of stuff we do, were on. doing a lot of stuff and also um i think like we probably really took for granted like stay-at-home orders and whatnot um for recording with our huge time difference because we we've just been cranking working you know monday through friday yeah. and then we have totally. the weekends and we're just so desperate to like run away from our very our regular lives which means we're not home yeah. to record so weekend warriors yeah we've just been 
doing stuff and our schedules were not not coordinating but we finally are in a place right now to be able to record which is really exciting exciting. it feels like a breath of fresh air like (laughs) we've really been wanting to do this and then like when we were talking about how we would catch up in this back from our hiatus once again episode (laughs) we were like do we even should we just move on from the cursed year that was 2020 like should we just talk about new things and get back into normal programming again and then we're like well I think it's important to touch on the few positive things that did happen yeah so that we don't look back in and a hundred percent cringe like maybe only like 75 percent cringe because some non-cringy things did happen for sure happened and like we wanted to take the opportunity to find that lightness for all of you if like you were struggling to find that yourself and being like fuck 2020 (laughs) which also fuck 2020 yeah it's it's okay to that statement still remains but yeah we wanted to talk (laughs) about i was gonna do my top 10 favorite films of 2020 and my top 10 favorite albums and Alyssa is going to do her top 10 favorite achievements of the world from 2020 and some good news yeah I don't know I think it's a fun one to do like in relation to films for this year because I think this really was at least for me like a really big year for film like not necessarily new films but like re-watching old ones and Mm -hmm. re-watching your favorite ones and staying inside Mm -hmm. and finding comfort in film when like you couldn't do anything else or see anybody do anything so like Mm -hmm. movies were there and at least like that was a huge experience for me for 2020 I don't know about you well I didn't really watch much movies because I never watched much movies but I still feel like (laughs) this year though you watched way more than you would I I probably watched like 10 movies and for me that's, that's like impressive. way more. <laughs> yeah that's like honestly an achievement how is um, it even possible that's like watching one movie like every five weeks yeah that's probably yeah i genuinely probably only watched like a dozen movies all year god when i lived with you the stats must have been just like off the they charts. were really saturated <laughs> <laughs> like that's all I forced us to do. <laughs> well, it was, I was, it was really fun. You know what? I I really I so I'm like still figuring out what my plans are for the next several years, and um, nothing is set in stone yet. But I kind of said to myself like if I end up like extending my stay here for another year or like ten months, like I'm gonna get a TV. You know, I have Wi-Fi now. I have a Netflix oh. account that I have access to. <laughs> Maybe I'll get a TV and I can like become more cultured. That truly um, made my heart skip a beat. I know. But then I was like, I was like, you know what? I'm probably still not going to watch anything if I have a fucking TV. You know what really reminded me of you is that um, I found Spongebob on Netflix and we went to an American store here and they had uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch and I got Cinnamon Toast Crunch and it was like on a Sunday and I put on Spongebob and I was uh, eating Cinnamon Toast Crunch and it was like a Sunday morning and I just seriously have never achieved like that much happiness in so long like I literally (laughs) felt like a little kid watching cartoons on the weekend like and just smiling ear to ear there's nobody in the world besides you and my brother (laughs) that I could do that with and like just they would experience just as much of that pure joy Um, but yeah I think you should reconsider getting a TV and being one with 
write it off completely. Yeah. All right. But yeah, as much as I watched a lot of old movies this year, I also watched a lot of new movies that came out in 2020. I know that 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 may seem hard to find, but they do exist and they're out there. So should we get into the top 10, Alyssa? Let's do it. All right, let's do it. So coming in hot at number 10 is a movie called Palm Springs, and that's directed by a guy named Max Barbacow. So Palm Springs stars Andy Sandberg. Hmm, Do you know much about... Andy Sandberg. No, I've just seen him in a few things. Oh, okay. He's like known from being in the Lonely Island. Do you remember what that was? It was like it's like a reality show. No, they were like a YouTube. They were either a duo or a trio. And <gasps> wait, I think I actually did see yeah, that. They like one thing of they it had one like time. Like funny songs, like time. I'm on a boat, motherfucker, take a look at me. And then the song jizz in my pants, <sighs> and they're like, and I jizz in my pants. Do you you don't know those? <laughs> Okay. Fun fact, um, in the Jizz in My Pants music video, Meadow Soprano from The Sopranos, like, makes a guest appearance in that, which is so random. Oh and, like, She's the checkout girl, for those of you who want to refresh your memory on the Jizz in My Pants music video. But anyways, Palm Springs is, like, a fresh take on the movie Groundhog Day. Do you know what that? Oh, mm-hmm. I've, I've heard of this. I've never really saw haven't. it. No, I okay. haven't seen either, but I heard that there was a remake and that there's that. millions of remakes of like that Groundhog Day template of movie. Oh. So like in Groundhog Day, Bill Murray just keeps the premise of it as he keeps reliving the same day and it's Groundhog Day. Oh, that's right. And he there are a it. lot of variations of that. Yeah. yeah. And we we actually just had Groundhog Day. Yeah. It was the 2nd of February. Happy Groundhog Day, everyone. Happy, <laughs> happy Groundhog Day. I don't know if anybody else's family is like this, but my family acts like Groundhog Day is literally like Christmas and my mom like creates a group chat for it and is like happy Groundhog <laughs> Day everyone like Puxatawney Phil saw his shadow like six more weeks of winter like I don't know why they're like so into it and everybody is like it's happy so Groundhog funny. Day mom like it's really weird um, but anyways there's a lot of like riffs on the Groundhog Day movie formula okay yeah but I think I heard about this one because I heard it very recently. Oh, okay. Yeah, it pr- like I heard about a remake in the last like it year. It probably was. So that would make sense. There was also like a horror yeah. movie done with that same formula, and it was like Happy Death Day, and she like relives her like death. I didn't see it, but she like relives her death Ooh. like over and over again. Ooh. But like because it's been done so much, I thought like it was pretty exhausted. Like I got kind of tired of those movies. I know a yeah. lot of people that don't really like movies that constantly repeat themselves as well. Yeah. But Palm Springs is like the first movie I've seen that uses that formula and like applies it in a different way with like a different problem Hmm. and yeah I just think it's done really well there's like a portal in a cave and these two people fall in into that portal on her sister's wedding and they get stuck in this like alternate reality Hmm. where you can't die and you don't age Hmm. and you just relive the same day over and over again and it's that day of her sister's wedding and she just ends up getting trapped in this alternate dimension with Andy Sandberg so not a bad person to get stuck with I mean Andy Sandberg is a very fine gentleman (laughs) but it's a really funny movie and that's a I don't really find a lot of comedies particularly funny but I yeah I really love Andy Sandberg and his humor and presence and the other lead role is a girl named Kristen Milotti and I just think they have really great chemistry and stuff and J.K. Simmons is this as well um, he's the dad from Juno Oh, I love, and I just love I him love- <laughs> 
<laughs> me really too. He's like, he's literally so underrated and like easily in my top five celebrities, dead or alive, who I would want to have dinner with or something. He, he just, feels like, a, he literally feels like my dad. Yeah, I know. Like he, he feels does. like he could be my dad. I know. If your life was a, a movie, I feel like J.K. Simmons should play Mark Hevish. Just saying. <laughs> just putting that out into the ether. Um, who would play That's you? Funny. I don't know. I don't know anyone. I'm trying to think of someone like comparable. I could picture like a Mila Kunis um, sort of energy. Wow, that's maybe. very flattering. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. But yeah, I don't know. It's a fun movie. It hasn't been done like this before, and it's not like a cinematic masterpiece or anything, but it's a decent comedy and my favorite one from mm-hmm. 2020. So it has rightfully earned a spot in the top 10 list. Great. Moving on, number nine is Residue. That's directed awesome. by um, Mary Jerima. Mm-hmm. We talked about mm-hmm. this on the podcast before. This one's my favorite debut film of the year, and I'll also, I think 2020's most underrated film. Oh. Yeah, I kind of mentioned before how Netflix disregarded this and it's just gotten lost in the clusterfuck of Netflix. I wrote mm-hmm. that in one of the podcast posts mm-hmm. and Mary actually commented on it and he was like, clusterfuck, haha. I just felt like we're homies now, <laughs> like we're best friends. He just gets us. But uh, it's a so story funny. about the evils and dangers of gentrification on a family and on a community and on oneself and your consciousness but it's a lot more than that and Mm -hmm. it's really experimental Mm -hmm. and a really powerful moving story and yeah I think it's upsetting that it slipped under the radar and uh, like no one is talking about it so I wanted it to be on my list not only because I really liked it but also because more people should know about it. So go watch it. It's only like 90 minutes long and it's on Netflix. So go support that. Mm-hmm. Number eight is a movie called Some Kind of Heaven. Mm-hmm. That's directed by Lance Oppenheim, mm-hmm. who just so happens to be our age. He's 24. Wow. I know. It's seriously so annoying <laughs> when like you really love a movie and then you expect the director to just be some like renowned 35 year old and then they turn out to be your age and you're just like, what am I doing? Fuck, I'm a loser and I've done nothing with my life but this gave me like sort of an existential crisis Mm. I have concluded that there's like a really prominent theme of all movies that came out in 2020 that just like are will leave you in a state of existential crisis and are just about life and not doing enough and how you live it and stuff like that like there's literally at least every movie on this list has that Mm. theme and just selecting at random and not really knowing what they're about like in the span of like three days I watched like five movies that made me be like I'm not doing anything with my life like fuck I need to like live better and stuff but anyhow Some Kind of Heaven is my favorite documentary of the year. It's all about America's largest retirement community which is in Florida so congratulations Alyssa congratulations (laughs) not far from home and they just have fun like seven days a week and there's like thousands and thousands of old people that live here like it's like paradise wow yeah like think like this like warped community same vibrant colors as the florida project and like i feel like when i visit florida i've been to florida plenty of times i feel like whenever i go i don't truly appreciate the colors of florida sometimes i look back and i see that picture of when we went to that vegetarian restaurant and i like have bright pink nails and pink and like we're at a pink table yeah that's a great great photo there are so many i actually i notice a lot because i i look at the skies i'm 
I'm outside all the time, so I'm yeah. I'm able to appreciate it. But yeah, you're right. I think a lot of us Floridians like hugely take it for granted. Yeah, how the color palette is divine. Like, Sometimes I wish I could just mm-hmm. like be transported mm-hmm. back and like be on the tennis courts like at sunset <laughs> with yellow Gatorade and a beautiful sunset and a tennis ball. Like it's just all very. Um, I wish you could powerful and appealing. Too. I know. <laughs> One day you'll be yelling at an old white man again. Um, <laughs> Every day. But uh-huh. yeah, it's just about like getting old and life and when you're old and like life itself. I don't know. Like life's really what you make mm-hmm. it. So let's make it rock. <laughs> it's a it's a great movie for fans of old people. How did you say that with a straight face? <laughs> <laughs> did anybody else catch that reference? <laughs> Only true fans will know. Comment down below your guesses. <laughs> but yeah, it's like really interesting and quirky. I really like interesting and quirky places and stories. It just really mm-hmm. makes me want to visit the community one day. And like, I just don't mm-hmm. believe that it exists. Like, why does nobody know about this place? It <laughs> seems really like this parallel dimension mm-hmm. or something, but like focuses on all these different stories of old people and kind of like follows them around their daily lives and what it's mm-hmm. like in the community. And yeah, it's a really incredible documentary. Mm. Uh, my only critique is that I wish I could have watched more of it. It was too short. Oh. So maybe there will be a sequel yeah. or something. Cool. So some kind of heaven. Maybe that's where you, you'll end up one day, Alyssa. I sure hope not. <laughs> Jesus. I Just really riding. hope not. I've never seen a movie with more golf carts, if that gives you any oh. depiction of what I know. That, that makes me want to stay even farther away. <laughs> No Some offense. of them are like really pimped out, like this, I, like dude. Really I know the the, golf the um the town I farm in has become like extremely developed, and I've only worked there like less than sixteen months. And in that yeah. time, like housing developments have just popped up one after the other. Like it's it's actually astonishing how quickly they've Damn. they've come up. And yeah. these are like gated communities. You know, people can buy a, a single family home for. Two hundred to four hundred thousand dollars, and your neighbors are like they're. It's all everyone's right there. Like very little property, very little privacy. Yeah, and people drive golf carts like on the main road. <laughs> yes, yeah. vehicles. I hate that. Yeah, I hate that so it's, much. It's, yeah, it's not a vibe that I ever yeah. hope to be a part of. I appreciate I appreciate the vibe way more when um, like in New Hampshire, if you ever like are driving behind a tractor or something yeah. on the road. Yeah, that's and you're like, like this is and sometimes okay. in the town it's like that too. But that's like acceptable yeah. in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, that's like acceptable. That is okay. Yeah. But a golf cart, I'm like, you I'm like, come on. That's like, like the equivalent to a bicycle on the sidewalk. It's just like this isn't for you. Yeah. Sometimes they even drive these golf carts on the sidewalk. Yeah, like, that isn't for you, but why don't you just not drive that at all? Like, yeah, why don't you just take it to the golf course and fucking <laughs> stay there forever. <laughs> stay there but anywho, next on my list is a movie called Kajillionaire. That's at number seven. Whoa. I know. Can't big. even fathom that number. Yes. But it's directed by Miranda July. That's a great name. I know. It sounds like Junie B. Jones or something. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, another observation that I just wanted to make is that on my list, there's a lot of very powerful female directors, which Hell yeah. really excites me. So me just too. wanted to comment on that. Big year for us <laughs> ladies who run the world, girls. But <laughs> yeah, so Kajillionaire. I was like really drawn into this movie right from like the first opening frame. And like if you're 
a fan of weirder films, but also ones that, like, once again, really make you think about life and your relationships with others and your family and stuff like that. Um, I think this is definitely an awesome watch. It's all about these two con artists that have Mm -hmm. a daughter who they've basically, like, been brainwashing and training her entire life to scam people. Oh, my God. Yeah, like, they steal stuff and, like manipulate people and con people out of their money and like find weird ways to make money like they don't treat their daughter like an actual daughter they just treat her like a partner in crime like since she was a little girl and so she was never nurtured or had parents so she's like really sort of out of touch with reality Mm -hmm. but yeah just like clearly a really chaotic and dysfunctional family dynamic going on and I thought it was a really fun movie it really touched me probably my only critique about this is that like halfway through the movie they introduced a new character and it's the girl from Jane the Virgin. Didn't you watch Jane the Virgin? Yeah. Okay. Is yeah. it Gina Rodriguez? Yeah, yeah. She- oh, I... Okay, go on. What were you going to say? Well, I really liked Gina Rodriguez, but she, like, had a moment where she said the N-word on, like, an Instagram Live story. Mm. And I was like... (laughs) Yeah. I I don't know. I mean, I I don't agree with cancel culture, and we all make mistakes, but I was just like... Why? And it stayed up. Like, at that time, I was following her on Instagram, and I texted Eliza, and I was like, like, go look at this story. Like, it took hours to... For her to, like, Yikes. take it... I know, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, that's pretty bad. But anyway, it's... I don't know. Ugh, we all make mistakes, I guess, but... Eh. Well, that was the con of the movie, was, like... Okay. I, I also not, think she's a great actress. Like, I don't... Yeah, I don't, she... I have not... I don't have a problem with her by any means, and, like, I knew that, like, you really liked her show. Like, I never watched Jane the Virgin. I don't know really anything it's about really, her. It's really... I don't know if you'd like it. It's very... T- I just, like... It's entertaining. It's, like, um... It's, flo- it's in Florida, and it's just... Like it's very dramatic. Like oh, okay, I, it's yeah. it's kind of um, it's not like you're gonna necessarily gain a lot from it, but it's just it's a good. Is it like a girl just, power sort of show? Um, kind of. It's I, I really like it because I learned a lot about like Hispanic family like culture. Yeah. Um, okay. So it's like a Miami family. Uh, you know, the grandmother's an immigrant from Venezuela, and I think Venezuela, and she's all the struggles of like being undocumented and then trying to become like legal, and and then you know Jane is a virgin has been taught like Mm -hmm. in the very strict religion by her grandmother that like virginity is a flower and once it's crumpled it can never be uncrumpled or whatever and then she ends up going in to get like a pap smear or something and she gets like accidentally artificially inseminated even and she gets pregnant and she's never even had sex she's like i don't i don't know she's like 20 something she's never even had sex she's pregnant can that happen um no i mean the show is like things happen all it's like there's like murder that happens it's it's like it's like a telenovela which is like a hispanic soap opera it's like really dramatic lots lots of like love and killing and secrecy and Uh, mystery and it's like that but it's but it's also just like a modern day miami family but then like crazy things it's it's, it's very entertaining i know i know a lot of people our age who like watched it and enjoyed it i'm not like it's not like the best show ever but it's a good show it was a good show why do you think i wouldn't like it in particular because you have high standards and you watch a lot of things i consume i watched that like when i was in college and i was like high and just like wanted to watch something comforting or something like I don't know I, I don't I think the more like the more things you consume the the more refined your taste becomes in my like yeah my like cinematic 
palette is very unrefined. <laughs> I think you should give yourself more credit. You still know, like, what's good and what's well, not. Well, sometimes. But anyway, it's a, it was a good show. But well, I have no problem with her at all. I just think it was, like, a super random casting. Like, it's all just, like, unknown indie actors in this movie. Mm. And then it's just, she's like... She's becoming known, though. Well, that's she's why she's Kim- known. Yeah. Like, it just felt yeah. like having, oh, like, a weird... That's like, what you're It felt like having, like, a Disney star or something in, like... <laughs> an indie yeah. movie like it was just super random mm-hmm. um it was mm-hmm. literally like you know the show american horror story how like it all started out with yeah. sort of like smaller actors that like you didn't really know like evan peters mm-hmm. and um fucking i don't know sarah mm-hmm. paulson wasn't like that huge and then they started like incorporating like lady gaga and like just all these big names yeah, and it and kind the, of like i don't yeah. know it, it's distracting it, it, yeah that's a good word it is a bit distracting isn't it yeah so it sort of did that like for me like just by having her in there like i haven't even watched the show but i was just like oh like why is like fucking jane the virgin here now um so i don't know i feel like they could have gotten like a smaller actor and it would have made a lot more sense um yeah and just been less generally distracting that's a really that is such the word molly because i've experienced that before watching something and i don't know anybody and then suddenly somebody i recognize and i all i can do is fixate on the one person yeah and you're like why the fuck are you here like go home all right yeah good movie kajillionaire watch it moving on to number six is never really sometimes always directed by eliza hitman mm-hmm. another female directed film we've talked about this one on the pod before mm-hmm. it's about the two teen girls from pennsylvania that travel to new york to get an abortion yep. and it's a really impossible process um when you're from a small town and the whole film is like carried by very few words and like the silence just really says a lot mm-hmm. Like, when I first saw it, and I still think months later after seeing that, that it's a really powerful watch, and I think, like, it's really true to life about abortion access in America and one's control over their own body. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I Mm -hmm. I really think, like, everybody should watch this and encourage everybody to. Moving on is a movie that we haven't talked about before on the podcast. It's called Soul. I don't know if you've heard about this. It's the the animated Pixar. Yeah. Oh, my God, I want to watch it. Fuck, like it's gonna ruin you, dude. Like, absolutely. <laughs> I can't believe ruin that made you. number five on your list. Yeah, top five. It, wow. I did not expect it. Like, going into it, I was like, I don't even want to watch this movie. Like, I like animated movies, but like, I don't really like love them. Like, I'm not like. Yeah, I'm like dead ass shocked that it's number five. I'm on not your a list. huge like Disney well, you or love Pixar. Shrek. I love Shrek, but like, who doesn't love Shrek? <laughs> But so I love true. like uh, like I love Big Hero Six and like I do like yeah. animated movies, but they're yeah. just not normally like my go to. And then I saw mm-hmm. like a bunch of people started talking about it, and I was just kind of like, yeah, it was all over the internet. Yeah, for sure. and like my brother has Disney Plus, so I was like, fuck, I might as well just like fucking <laughs> give it a shot. But like I wasn't mm-hmm. about it. But I'm really happy I watched it. This was definitely my favorite animated film from 2020. Mm-hmm. It cut me real deep, Alyssa. It cut me real fucking deep. Mm-hmm. It's all about a middle school teacher who has a life passion for jazz music and he's voiced by jamie fox which is like random um but no spoilers but Mm -hmm. the character dies right after receiving like his big break in life Mm -hmm. and then he's sort of in this afterlife limbo looking back on his life and realizing that he never did anything with it and never achieved any of his dreams oh my god that's really fucking sad i didn't know that's what it's about like a panic attack (laughs) another movie that gave me an existential crisis i'm 
like, fuck, like, my movie before when I die, I'm just going to see a series of, like, me sitting at a computer desk, like, oh. just a series of clips of that, yeah. and that's going to be, like, my whole life. Oh, no, it's um, not, Molly. But, like, it really did, like, cause a lot of panic for me, and just, like, I was, like, crying on and off throughout this. Mm. But then, like, the whole realization is that, like, he really did experience life to the fullest, and, like, life can happen every single day, like, right before your eyes, like, whether it's, like, dipping your toes in the ocean or, like, seeing golden hour as you're riding the train home every day. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it, like, just really fucking ruined me, like, when he realized that and was just seeing all these, like, smaller incremental things, like, like, he did really live life to the fullest, but, like, Mm -hmm. it can just happen for people in different ways and stuff, and, Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know. It's another one of those, like, make sure that you're living your life and (laughs) blah 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 I don't know but I I would really say to watch it like it gives you a different perspective yeah I'm gonna add that to my list Uh, yeah for sure I'm gonna actually write it on my list right now yeah (laughs) Tina Fey's in it as well she's one of the voice actors I love Tina Fey I just thought it was like fucking random like Jamie Foxx Tina Fey it was like random (laughs) and there's like the evil character will come on you'll recognize it like when you hear the voice and stuff but Matt was like where the fuck is that accent from and um, I was like, I think they're from, like, I think that's a New Zealand accent. And he's like, I think it's, like, South African or something. Like, what is that accent? And then, like, yeah. I was like, it sounds exactly like the cop character from Hunt for the Wilder People, which is a Taika Waititi film, like a New Zealand film. Yeah. It yeah. turns out it was the fucking cop from Hunt for the Wilder People. Oh, my I'm, God. You, you have not lost your I gift. I know. I was like, that has been, that has been your gift your whole entire life, and you still have it. I know. I was like, man. Like, that was pretty impressive. Pat myself on the back for that one. But no, she's really great as well and, like, plays a really good evil voice lead, I think. But anywho, number four is I'm Thinking of Ending Things, directed by Charlie Kaufman. Oh, yeah. Wait, was that a 2020? Yeah, I hit right at lockdown. That was, like, a lockdown movie for me. Wow, Molly, I, f- I really feel like that movie I saw, like, three years ago, but it must yeah, have Yeah, I know. It was, it was actually super bizarre, like, reflection on all of like the movies and albums from this year because I was like that was not 2020 I refuse to believe that was this year and then it was and I'm like fuck like this year has felt like seven years combined like it really into one I know it really I know, seriously. But um, we've both seen this movie. We've we've talked about it on the podcast before. I was really excited in quarantine when I heard Charlie Kaufman was putting out a new film and it was going to be premiering Mm. on Netflix. It really gave me something to look forward to. Mm. And it really didn't disappoint. Mm -mm. It's really stressful and really chaotic and weird. And (laughs) you have no idea what's going on or what it's even about. But it's an incredible movie for whatever it is. (laughs) For whatever it is. (laughs) Charlie Kaufman is a genius. He feels our lives with a lot of existential dread again another fucking movie about life and nonsense and i don't know it's just a lot only smart people can figure out what this movie means and yeah we will never maybe know what this movie means but it's still on the list it's still incredible and we love it Mm -hmm. moving on to number three we have a movie called possessor Mm. that's directed by brandon cronenberg this was my favorite horror movie of 2020 
I was very fortunate enough to be able to see this in theaters. Yeah. I had heard about it because it's directed by David Cronenberg's son, and David mm. Cronenberg has directed a bunch of like weird movies like um, The Fly with Jeff Goldblum. I don't know if you've seen that. Mm-mm. He's like an older director, and it's cool that his son is sort of like starting to like follow in his footsteps and make strange movies. Yeah. And yeah, this is some good shit. This is some really good shit. Mm-hmm. I would say this is like a sci-fi horror, I guess. It has a lot of gore in it, which Ooh. I'm typically not the biggest fan of, <laughs> but I think it's done in like a super creative and entertaining way. And mm-hmm. like, I think the creativity of it balanced out all the gore. Okay. And yeah, like, I, I didn't think it was like repulsive or anything, but it's definitely graphic <laughs> and it shows blood and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's all about this brain implant technology and it can Ooh. be used to take control of other people's bodies. Ooh. And there's like this company that hires assassins to use that technology to kill these like high profile targets but in the movie corporations are like so powerful that they literally can just murder whoever they want for profit dude that's where we're fucking headed in this at least in the u.s that's like what the future entails i know (laughs) i know and the government is like perfectly complacent with that happening um so it's literally not far that's because they're getting a cut too yeah it's literally not far from the world we live in now but it's a cool concept nonetheless just like i think really cool themes are experimented with and it definitely made me think a lot about like Mm -hmm. identity and just how downright evil and dangerous corporations are and and that they can be and how they can dehumanize us and yeah all of that jazz Mm -hmm. but i really loved it i don't think it holds back literally at all and i think it brings a whole another level to horror and like like is horror but in a really like fresh way and yeah really unsettling and uncomfy best horror mm-hmm. I think of 2020 moving on to number two another female director wow. is Nomadland directed by Chloe Ooh. Zhao oh I've never heard of it I briefly talked about this with you because it, once again in repeat fashion it gave me an existential crisis and this was nearly my number one like this was like my number <laughs> one for the longest time yeah so high up on the list and then just a, a few days ago another movie that i watched came in and stole the show whoa and, just a couple days ago huh? uh, yeah yeah just a couple days ago and it oh, wow. came in and just took the cake sorry chloe yeah sorry chloe we love you but fuck like nomadland is still a fucking movie should um, i watch it yes i, I think of all list. people you would really fucking appreciate this movie i watched this after living in a van and road tripping for over two weeks oh <laughs> Which sounds really annoying and cheesy, but I I don't know what the fuck to tell you. If you've ever worked in a job that feels a bit soul-sucking and then you just experience life in another (laughs) realm or a different, like, space and you're submerged in nature and, like, with yourself and I I don't know. I just think that's a really powerful and emotional feeling and it just really broke me a lot. I was definitely the biggest ugly sobber in this very tiny theater and I was super underprepared I didn't bring any tissues and I just my the snot out of my nose is just like a faucet it's just pouring out but the movie stars my queen Frances McDermott who is in three billboards and she's in like a bunch of other stuff she's amazing I don't think Mm -hmm. anybody like can express emotions as realistic as she does she doesn't even look like she's like acting but I guess that's just being a good actor I don't know that makes no sense anyway it's all about her and she's in 
her 60s and she lost everything and all of her money in the Great Recession. And she lives in a van and it's sort of like she's just this modern day nomad. Mm. And I think it does a really good job of showing how money can't buy happiness and it can't buy freedom. And she just does her own thing and like lives life by nobody else's standards. And it just reminds you like what it feels like to be alive and to like appreciate life itself and how you live it and the humans that you meet along the way because that's like really a sacred thing what it's about and it, it's yeah. what it's about like but yeah. yeah another one of like what are you doing with your life oh, sort of Molly. thing what this is what this is why being in our 20s is hard because that's that's the whole experience you know is what am i doing with my life that's why that's like one of the hardest parts about being 24 is like that existential it just it's part of us it permeates through us every day because it's just part of where we're at we'll figure it out one day but why are we 24 in all of these movies that are coming out and then they're like well you're gonna die one day and you want to well we are gonna die one day you know yeah i know it's just a lot it is a lot but it's but it's also like in in asking yourself this question over and over again you're one step closer to figuring out what you do want to do and what will make you happy that's a really good way of putting it i think i'm just like maybe being at this age and at this point in life i think i'm just really hyperly emotional to movies like not in general but like a movies about like life and friendship and like meeting others like literally this week i watched sisterhood of the traveling pants because it got (laughs) added to netflix and i literally was bawling my eyes out that's so funny well also molly you're far from home you know and you haven't seen your your friends and your family in a long time and it's also been covid and you live in a place where like people wore their masks so now you can like live life again but like you're still feeling that like the, the lack of normalcy and autonomy that you were used to. Yeah. And yeah, I think it's normal. I'm still yearning for a group of girlfriends to exchange yeah. a pair of pants the with pants that fits with, us yeah. all in a miraculous way. Yeah. And the pants work their magic on all of us. I'm waiting for that day too. <laughs> Anyways, coming in hot, you people have waited for it for a lifetime. Uh, drum roll, please. At number drum one roll. is a movie called Minari that's directed by Lee Isaac Chung. This was hands down the best movie of 2020. It will huh. be something that will stay with me, Alyssa, for a very, very, very long time. Wow. So it, Minari is about a Korean family in the 80s who moved to rural Arkansas to start a farm. Huh. And if that explanation doesn't earn a spot as your number one movie, I don't know what else will. You're already hooked. I'm already intrigued. But yeah. I think it's a really well done and mm-hmm. accurate and moving depiction of a Korean American family in search of their own American dream and all of the struggles and beauty that come with searching for that and it's actually a semi-autobiographical story from the director Lee Isaac Chung so a lot of the scenes in the movie are actual memories from his own childhood so that makes it all like even more powerful and personal than it already is but I don't know like everything about this movie like is so dreamy and moving and like the score is beautiful and the cast and their performances are perfect Aww. Steven Yun is in this he's in Atlanta the show Atlanta he's He's in The Walking Dead. He's in a few things. He's really good, though. And he's, like, the main actor Mm -hmm. in this. And he's really incredible in, like, interviews and stuff. I saw that he quoted, like, the day before filming or while he was filming or something. He would just...
just like break down crying because he really wanted to like portray the role for like young like Korean boys and stuff like he wanted to have something to like admire I guess or like Mm. associate with and the little boy actor in this is really perfect and brilliant as well he's like only I don't know he's really little and I just want to eat him up but yeah it really takes the cake it's a perfect movie and the grandma (laughs) says Minari Minari wonderful wonderful and now I like to say that (laughs) (laughs) I really like that um that like kind of storyline I'm reading a graphic novel right now I guess I'm not like I'm reading like I've picked it up twice and I'm already almost done but it's about like this um Vietnamese immigrant family that moves to California I think in the 80s as well yeah um and just like adapting and making it and surviving and working through traumas and his like family history and also just like world like world history like going through war and all this stuff and it's yeah. I don't know dude I I don't know if it's because like we are so American that we don't like op- like it doesn't like my roots for example don't cross my mind as often mm. because I'm just like this is America like I'm privileged enough that I don't have to think about it all the time and I think maybe like probably when, in my adolescence I thought about it more especially if I was like getting picked on for being Jewish or something but in like my modern yeah. everyday life now granted I only associate with a very small group of people it's COVID and whatnot but um yeah I don't think about like how I got here very often and like what sacrifices were made for me to be here right now but when you are like when you're parents or you know or something is coming from a different country and making all these like sacrifices and risks like taking risks to like hope for a better life for your family their family like that probably is a remind like reminded to you in some way every single day of your existence exactly no that's a really good way of like thinking about it and putting it especially like Mm -hmm. coming from such a different place to like where you move to can be like such a disassociating feeling like Mm -hmm. moving from korea to fucking arkansas Arkansas? in the 80s yeah Yeah, (laughs) anyways um but there you have it folks um and yeah that's the top 10 for 2020 lots of good things in there so go check it out and yeah even though 2020 was an absolute shitstorm, there was a lot of films that slipped under the radar so go check them out lots to see there don't sleep on them get cracking and if you can if you live in a place that's safe enough support your local independent theaters in person or online a lot of those theaters have online options that you can rent and that's great great reminder molly thank you and or if you are in a place like the u.s where we are still like very covid affected see if see if like a town near you has drive-in movie theater that you can go to especially if you're in a climate that's like it's manageable to be outside for long periods of time when i was looking up like what i wanted to to share for top 10 like good things happened one of the things i came across was like family-owned drive-in movie theaters Mm -hmm. that were like about to go out of business like are a ton of them are making it because covid kind of like reintroduced them Mm -hmm. to the market which is really heartwarming yeah i love the drive-in theater so much. i've never been to one i really want to go serious yeah god we used to go as kids all the time i know i really i think there's one not like 45 minutes from me i should probably just go Mm, but you should go and be stranded at the (laughs) drive-in What? Stranded at the driving, denting a fool. What will what they say Monday at school? Guess the musical. Sandy, uh, can't you see? It's Grease, Alyssa. Grease? No. Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know. Sorry. Sorry. I just watched Grease not that long ago. But, yeah, you get stranded uh-huh. at the drive-in. So that could be you, but you're playing. <laughs> 
Okay. Anyhow, speaking of good accomplishments like the family-owned drive-in, do you have any other monumental yeah, accomplishments I I would love of to 2020 share that were good and yes. will put a smile on my face? All right. So getting right into it, um, yeah, I tried to pick some um, mostly things that relate to things we've talked about on this podcast before. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the, you know, there's actually like the the lists that that were published at the end of the year were not very long. Like I feel like in the past I've found 50 good things that happened this year or 100 good things that happened this year. I, there wasn't that many long lists because like it seemed yeah. like not that many good things happened. But the things that did happen were like really huge. That is probably the biggest conclusion I could make. Like just like oh, groundbreaking history history breaking like things not all of them but a lot of them so so to start um getting like referring back to a film we just have discussed on the show before parasite um the director bong joon ho made history as the first korean to win best director um the oscar award yeah this is the first person from any asian nation and think about Mm -hmm. how huge asia is like yeah massive to take home this award and um the film also won best picture at the academy awards and no foreign language film has ever won this before so this was so massive and it really um, was hopefully this is like a trend-setting piece of good news that and we hear more things like this in coming years definitely especially like i don't know if you've seen the recent articles i'd be happy to share some on the she said she said podcast page yeah but there's been a lot of um anti-asian hate crimes happening in the u.s i have been yeah and it's it's really fucked yeah Yeah. just to highlight on that like it's really positive and like refreshing to see like some major achievements being acknowledged it's a positive thing in a positive direction because like it's very well deserved i also think that like when when certain communities are targeted in in violent ways like this it's more important than ever to be recognizing and um supporting in you know whatever way people from from that community just to shed the positive light i think i think groups of people can become so demonized by society and groups in our societies and like it's never okay but i think that like drawing a positive and human light to people in these communities can kind of help to break that down a bit so yeah that's very exciting um ebola news I don't know if anybody like keeps up with or cares about Ebola, but I that will just I will always just have this huge like interest in it because of I did so much research on Ebola when I was a research assistant a couple years ago. But um, like for those of you who haven't been keeping up, Ebola has you know we first heard about it I think in like 2014, um, and then it kind of like we're just ignoring it because we were privileged to be able to, but. Um, Finally, in I think March, yeah, March of 2020, the last Ebola patient in Congo was released from treatment. So that that was huge. I mean, this was like yeah. years, years coming. This was like it's over def- five it's years. It's definitely coming. like a matter of ignorance, but also like correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like the media also just like completely stopped covering it and like absolutely talking about because it because it didn't affect. It didn't affect first yeah. world countries, and so why that's would anybody so care? Up. And th- that's really such like an atrocity that in yeah. and of itself that like we as a society depend on receiving media from media companies that are biased and choose what mm-hmm. to broadcast. I mean, at the same time, 
if I mean I don't know there's a lot of politics involved with that but anyway yes like the media did not do a good job of keeping us informed yeah. about that and so it slipped off of a lot of our radars but this was really important and yeah and thank so, you for yay. taking the time to like bring light to that obviously I know that you're passionate about it and you studied it but I don't know if like mm-hmm. a lot of people would hear about that accomplishment otherwise so that's definitely yeah like a great. huge thing um so of course like Black Lives Matter huge huge um huge movement like global movement Mm -hmm. um that was finally long overdue um came to surface this year 2020 like you know when it Mm -hmm. rains it pours um it was george floyd's death which i remember molly us talking about we covered that like a few days after it happened like you and i were some of the first people oh but that episode never got released i yeah we we literally covered it like the day yeah and then your laptop died it got happened (laughs) and then my laptop just like got that that, did we ever release that episode we had like i think i like edited out bits and put it into like another that weren't as relevant but yeah but the we had no idea it was gonna take off the way that it did but that was just so crazy to say like we remember i mean not to say that like we are special because we knew about it but but a lot of people didn't know about it and they they were so shocked and you know whatever and we were we've and we've also talked about police violence and racial inequalities on this show for since it's since it's been running you know um, and that's something that we should never stop doing. And Straight I up. certainly hope that you and I, Molly, hold each other accountable to continue sharing these stories and injustices. But um, anyway, so yeah, people around the world rose up to protest police violence and racial injustice in 2020. And yeah, just like big strides were made in the U.S. election. A ton of mm-hmm. like women of color and just people of color in general were elected and will be representing states and districts in the coming years, which is which was huge. You know, um, corporations played various roles in this fight. Crayola released a new line of skin tones called what's it called? Colors of the Is World. Is it Crayola? Cray, like the crayon company. Oh, interesting. They released a 40-pack pa- a of crayons called Colors of the World that represents over 40 skin t- different skin tones. Very I cool. was thinking, you know, back when when we were children, I'm not sure if you remember, but I remember, like, finding a colored pencil that, like, accurately depicted my skin tone, like, no problem. But I think back to, like, the original box of, like, colored pencils, which had maybe 12 colors, and those were, I mean, it was, like, there was, for ones that could be interpreted as skin tones, there was literally yellow, orange, and light brown, dark brown, I think. Um, and even yeah. then, it's like, what What do we what would we choose? Like, yellow? I don't know. But, um, I mean, imagine being somebody yeah. with a different skin tone that had nothing that even closely depicted what they what they looked like. So, this is, this was a big stride. I hope that, like, well, actually, it wasn't that big. It's also just, like, corporations profiting off of, like, this movement. So, I don't know if I'm going to really give Crayola that much credit. But it was, like, a cool yeah. little, like, thing that came of it. But, yeah, we ha- we've we come away. We have a lot farther to go. Yeah. Um, I would say, like, the most important thing moving forward is to just, like, continue giving a shit, continue donating, continue advocating, continue having difficult conversations, continue holding yourselves and each other accountable. And, like, not forgetting that just because these conversations are not happening as out in the open does not mean that Mm -hmm. they shouldn't be happening like they need to continue happening or we're just going to go back to how things were before you know totally but it was it was huge like big big strides were made um hopefully we'll we'll start seeing some of those like a lot of them i think were like social Mm -hmm. 
strides. Hopefully we start seeing more in like policy, urban planning, access to things, security to things, etc. in the near future. Yes. Animal shelters were emptier than ever in 2020 because um, people were adopting animals, you know, yeah. and um, there's also, been a shit ton of like quarantine dogs. And there's stuff. been a shit ton like, of quarantine dogs. Like, there has dog. also been just like less intake in shelters because there's less I don't know, less, like, stranded animal. I don't know, but it's, it's a good thing. Um, the shelter intake is down 24% in 2020 compared to 2019, so that's pretty substantial. That's that. a quarter. Yeah, and, that's, and it is yeah. very positive. Lots of, lots of animals that may have sat in shelters for a long, long time were able to go to loving, warm, loving homes this past year, and that is something to celebrate yeah for i definitely sure. dropped the ball on that one like when i was in lockdown i should have just like fucking adopted a dog even if it's like a temporary thing a lot like of fostering. Um, shelters yeah, yeah fostering but i feel like i could never do that because then i would just get so attached and like i wouldn't be able to give it back i know my friend actually um a, like fought was fostering a dog and she called it like a foster fail because she ended up like absolutely yeah. falling for this dog and she's like that i need to adopt me. this i can't just yeah. be a foster mom <laughs> yeah but i think that's good you know i mean if you're able to take care of it like good you found your match like that's fucking awesome yeah um so i thought yeah very positive um i feel like i i mean saint i think florida is pretty like there's lots of dogs here i also think like saint pete the city i live in specifically is like i'm i'm biased because i live here but i literally think that there's more like more people here have dogs than like any place ever like every yeah every that's person true. i know i mean you went to a college that literally like allowed dogs on, on campus. campus like that's just that's a really rare i know thing. I, I, like, I lived with it just shows i think how i the lived with like three different there. dogs over the course of my time at yeah. during college and but like all of my friends who are above the age of like 30 or 28 even they all have dogs like yeah. every single one of them like yeah. it's fucking crazy um but yeah so if you're ever like if anybody listening like wants to be in a place that they can hang out with a lot of dogs come to move to florida when it, when it becomes <laughs> safe to do so obviously yeah. all right i'm specifically excited about this piece of news because it's just not a piece of news you see often or even rhetoric about it often and i think Ooh. we've definitely talked about this topic on the podcast before but yeah scotland became the first country to make period products free damn scotland go off that's yeah, what i'm talking about granted scotland is a pretty small country it's like i think a lot easier to pass something yeah. like that in a smaller place especially when you compare it to like how huge the u.s is but um the bill passed unanimously um it includes tampons and pads and they're gonna need they're gonna be required in all middle schools all public schools all wow. colleges all public facilities like this is that so, is revolutionary so big and it's, it's very it's very important in like the fight for equality because obviously like feminine hygiene products cost money and that is something that a cost yeah. that biologically female people have to incur and men don't have to incur any cost even mm-hmm. similar to that like at all ever and it's a huge injustice and it's just mm-hmm. another way to like stigmatize menstruation and like biology so fuck fuck any of that and yeah. like i hope some other countries start catching on i mean the fact also like you can just see so you can learn so much about scotland's culture by reading that the bill passed unanimously that, that means not a single person that was um on the board or or whatever fought against that i think about something like this passing in like the senate or something and i'm like <laughs> even progressive people would sometimes still yeah. vote against that just because just be 
for the I sake of I just literally doing so. see no argument or like cons about like it I just seems like yeah. a no brainer to me. It really does. I know. I, it's real it's honestly like so offensive that we have to swim I don't I I have a period cup. I don't like I bought that like a few years ago yeah. for thirty dollars and I never buy anything. Yeah. But not that doesn't work for everyone, you know, and um, I yeah, just fuck think that. about like how accessible it would be like if those products were in every like public restroom and stuff like i know i have have memories of being like younger and like really needing a tampon or something and not having 50 cents or being embarrassed to like walk with your tampon or pad to the bathroom and being like i hope no one like makes fun of me and stuff i know i i remember i saw i I was talking to class one time in college and this girl walking in front of me had like you know like the mesh water bottle pockets on a backpack oh yeah she had like a tampon in there and I remember being like, Oh my god, like what an attention seeking bitch. Like why like in the we get it. this You're was in my woman. head. Yeah, we but then I was like, No, you know what? Like I'm gonna start doing that too because yeah. part of like that is literally my socialization that made me have that reaction. Like that's so fu- why is are we feeling shame about this? Like everyone yeah. should just have like a fucking tampon around their goddamn neck. I was and, just like, so mortified about like anything that had to do with puberty that I just like wanted to reject it I at know, all but costs. Molly, like part of that yeah. part of that is because it's oh my god it's like it's not discussed enough it's discussed with a sense of secrecy i don't you remember like being in Santa central well. school and we were marched in separate rooms yeah. and the boys went to one room to watch their video and the girls went to one room to watch their video and we none of us talked to each other about our videos after everyone was hushing and shushing i never watched it's that fucking video ridiculous. i From got very, i made it through the I know, beginning I song and ran out and had a panic attack in the nurse's I know. office i know but part of that is because they build it up and they make yeah. it seem scary and they make it seem shameful yeah. and they, oh my god and then they give you a talking, mini deodorant and you like throw it out and you're just like i yeah. can't cope with this <laughs> yeah and so my coworker, it's actually funny that we're talking about this right now because um at lunch today my coworker is telling me that her I forget her 11 year old I think she her daughter's 11 or 10 wants to get her ears pierced really bad uh, and Kirkwood's like no 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 you can't and she's like why mom everyone else has it I, I want it and I was like I don't see there being well, anything no, no, wrong no, listen that. same I said that because I got I people I get like their like babies got, like, like no but listen but listen okay. she had a really good Okay. Um, response yeah. she said she can get her ears pierced when she becomes a woman and i was like what you're gonna make her wait and she's like mm-hmm. i want her to be excited and have something to look forward to when she gets her period and and it turns out my coworker also has a 16 year old daughter and when she got her period when she was 13 or whatever she was so excited and she marched around and told everyone in the family i got my period i got my period okay mom can you go like let's time to get my ears pierced and it was like this excited celebratory event and it was because they they, she had like tied like almost a reward to yeah, it and so I guess they all have like sweet. a very open yeah i mean i thought it was like a good it's pretty i sweet. thought it was like a good idea yeah. because it it makes it it makes it positive otherwise and yeah, it's just like and really fear like, and really getting your period like it is exciting you know i mean it yeah. doesn't feel like that and even i was looking back, so you're like, ashamed and just like i know mortified. you are I, I think molly i think most women are but it's really an exciting thing it's like you are growing up you are you are beginning a new stage in your life like it's very this is like this is the beginning of your ability to carry life if you want to like it's it's a very exciting thing and instead we just we hide it and we don't tell anyone and we feel shame and we hide and it's just fucked up yeah i think my mom 
mom made Jonathan like thank or like congratulate me. Like he was like, Congratulations, Molly. And I was like at Aaron Sullivan's house for a sleepover and I was like, I have to go home. And I just like it's made so my mom come and get me. I was just so mortified. Like I just wanted yeah. to reject all aspects of puberty, like wearing a bra and deodorant. I still don't I wear know. a fucking bra. And I and, and I remember feeling kind of similarly, but I just think that like Part of that is, like, I, no offense, mom, if you're listening, but, like, my mom did not talk to me about this. She did not sit me down and say, Alyssa, this is a thing that's going to happen. It's okay. It's normal. It's a good thing. Like, there was just never, and that was kind of like that with sex, too. Like, my parents never talked to us about that stuff. And so it put this huge stigma on it, and it just made us never think we could talk about it, you know? My mom definitely tried. She, like, bought me that American Girl doll. She's also a nurse. She understands that stuff a a bit better, She bought me that American Girl doll, like, puberty book and just would, like, put it on my bed, and then I would, like, throw it out and stuff. I, you threw it out. I would I just continuously throw it out and she'd like dig it out of the trash and be like, what was this doing in the trash? <laughs> I remember the, the first time I saw like pubic hair was like in, in a drawing book. in the American yeah, Girls. Yeah, it literally book. has like a hairy vagina in there and I'm just like, I what know, the but fuck you need is to that? Sometime. I think, I actually think that book is like a really well done. If I ever have a daughter, I'm going to get her that book. Fuck but that. I'm going to approach it gently Alyssa. and softly. Yeah, you're going to give it to okay. her after she gets her ears pierced. <laughs> be like, congratulations. <laughs> no. Just like, there's so I think, much I wrong think, with American. I think Girl it Ball. should just be discussed. Fuck like it should Girl be. Ball. It should be on a little girl's radar before it happens because then yeah, it's not as overwhelming. True. Then she knows, yeah. okay, I can go to this person or I can go to this person. And anyway, that's true. Anyway, yay, go Scotland. Let's all be like Scotland. Love you, yeah. Scotland. Growing um, up is so much fun. You will be just fine. <laughs> um global greenhouse gas emissions dropped are you ready for this number it's crazy i'm ready for it hit me with 2.4 billion tons damn okay i see in 2020 that is a so i know that's kind of a hard number to to contextualize that is a seven percent decrease from 2019 global seven percent that is like an unfathomable number like it really truly is like because no from stay at home do orders. Do the planes have anything to do with it? Like has that dropped? Yeah, planes yeah. like like just pollution and stuff. Yeah, Pl- yeah. Most I think a lot of that was like transportation yeah. pollution. Like that, like a lot of um, pollution comes from that. But yeah, especially like greenhouse or um, especially um, carbon emissions. Like a lot of those specifically yeah. are from transportation and industry. And I will say like some industries certainly like decreased production but others like increased or it remained the same um mm. but i think probably the biggest thing that cut that emission down was um yeah like transportation um yeah i hope we learned something from it too um also so i mean these this is the largest decline on record like in um a decrease yeah. in carbon emissions like ever in global history it's really exciting and Im- important for us to recognize the u.s also agreed to rejoin the paris agreement when biden was um, elected and china has pledged to reach carbon neutrality by 2060 and between china making this pledge and the u.s agreeing to re-enter the agreement this has really contributed to like a increased momentum for like addressing our climate emergency which has it go i think it kind of it seems like at least in mainstream media it it has like a, a flux like of being like really on the radar and and not like sometimes we hear about it all the time and then there'll be like some silence about it and sometimes we hear about it and then we don't but it's something that really needs to be talked about like constantly until we actually are like doing big things to For address sure. it 
Um, I recommend anybody as well that is interested in documentaries to watch the David Attenborough documentary. Oh, yeah. It's for sure. really um, eye opening and like just puts how much of an emergency it actually is this really like is, into perspective yeah. like it gives you Definitely. statistics so anybody that wants to deny that it's happening it like it's yeah. kind of like fuck it's pretty clear yeah there's i mean there's really no way to deny it at this point but some people still do but anyway but it's all, yeah. it also like puts into perspective like changes that you can personally make that will like actually affect it like it has like so much can um be saved if like there's laws on like the fishing industry Mm -hmm. like and i will say that like maybe we could take some time on a future episode talking about things that we as individuals can do because actually my coworker the other day was like Alyssa, what what like can you make some suggestions on what i can do to like be more sustainable and i was like well funny you asked i would love to talk to you about this if anybody (laughs) is interested in like us talking about that a little bit let us know send us a message or a comment and i think that would be a really fun that would be um, an awesome episode fun topic yeah Yeah. but um but just like piggybacking off what you just said like much of our pollution it occurs at a industry level so Mm -hmm. it's it's really like i mean yes we should be doing these sustainable practices and remaining conscious of our impacts but also like policy and like a change in corporate and industry behavior is what will ultimately save us totally moving on to like positive things that came out of covid Thousands of people volunteered to take experimental vaccines. Obviously, there's always a risk incurred, and people willingly did this. There is, you know, it, it upsets me so much when I hear all this, like, anti-vax rhetoric, and I get it. I get it, especially coming from communities that have continuously been let down and, um, like, fucked by the government in, in like, industry, in like health industry. Yeah. Like, I understand being skeptical of it, but there has been so much good intention and energy and science put yeah. into this. And, and, and everyday people who just think, like, who care more about the greater good than themselves and were willing and to take these experimental it, yeah. drugs, knowing that they could get sick or die from them because they, because it had the potential to save and cure other yeah. people. So keep that in mind, everyone. Like, it is up to you whether you want to get a vaccine or not. My recommendation is that you do, but up to you. But regardless of how you feel about it, like try to be respectful because a lot of people took risks to give you to at least provide you with yeah. the option to get the vaccine. There's so many people that I know that have had the opportunity to have it, and like even having that option, I think is like a really huge achievement like to even be given the option to have just it, having like, the option yeah yeah i uh, yeah i mean i i know in the u.s it's going to be a long time before everyone gets the option and i i mean i, I bitch about that so much but you know it's so much worse in developing countries they're not going to see the, a vaccine time. for yeah. a long fucking time like like yeah. it might be years you know and so yeah whether you choose to get it or not is up to you but if you are given the opportunity like yeah. please at least just recognize yeah what a privilege that really is um and it's um this has been the largest vaccination campaign in history like at a, and even in history at all and of course mm-hmm. specifically on a global level as well and it's that's just like a huge a huge scientific accomplishment you know so regardless of your political stance like in recognizing that science yeah. it's like huge and really reflective of how globalized mm-hmm. of a place we really are um, many people fo- um, found meaning and connection with young or adult children, older relatives, and other housemates in 2020. And I, th- I think we've talked about this. I know I've talked about it in, like, my personal life and my, my circles. Like, how 
how important it is to like have been turning inward Mm -hmm. this year and like how much so many of us would not have done that if we hadn't kind of been forced into the circumstance but I know so many people who who like got closer to their families and going off of that um we've made huge advances in telehealth remote work and virtual gatherings you know Mm. because we've needed to and these are things that will out outlast the pandemic for sure like we will probably adapt a lot of our traditions and cultures accordingly you know i think we've all found like new ways to sort of like cope and make the best of sort of the circumstances that we are in we get sort of wrapped up in like our Mm day-to-day lives like before this all happened that like we don't often take the time to do that like before sort of like this is happening not saying that I'm like a bad family member but like I find trouble kind of making sure that I call often and call like my 94 year old great auntie often but like just making sure that like the people around you are doing all right and safe and yeah I think that's like just an important thing to do um and it's cool that like everyone seems to be trying to hold up their end of things I guess yeah I mean it's yeah it has just been like a really positive thing that's that's come out of come out of all this mess and of course it like fucking sucks to like not be able to see each other in person but we will one day safely and in the meantime like what a time to have a global pandemic when we can be so connected through the internet and whatnot okay moving along a record number of americans turned out to vote on november 3rd like record number in 120 years like two-thirds of Mm -hmm. voting eligible population turned out to vote that is incredible that is unheard of and especially for that to have happened during a pandemic is even more impressive and because of that we were able to get donald trump out of office you know which um (laughs) that was also another piece of positive news yeah that was like one of our biggest accomplishments i think just getting (laughs) that person not the biggest yeah 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 so that's huge and um especially from just like a voter for participation standpoint, I, I really hope that that trend continues and that f- people continue feeling mobilized and continue feeling mm-hmm. the importance of their vote and how much their vote really does matter because that's how things change, you know, and I think people are finally starting to catch on to that. And then um, just going off of that, my final piece of good news for 2020 And, you know, there was more good news as well. These are just my top pieces. The Supreme Court ruled that LGBTQ employees are protected at long last by civil rights employment status. I'm sure you remember hearing about this in the news. You're no longer allowed to be fired for being gay or, or, or trans. The fact that it has taken this long it this is long. nauseating no, like it is like legitimately that. nauseating you could yeah. be doing you could be the best employee and doing a great job and showing up on time and just get fired randomly for your like yeah. gender or sexuality status like it is it's horrific but yeah. no longer a thing thank you to the supreme court for finally dragging your feet but passing it you know so um huge stride for the lgbtq community if you're ever looking for a way to like support trans and just in general like lgbtq community putting your pronouns in your instagram bio your twitter bio your email signature like these are all it's such a simple way to show your solidarity and support and um yeah like it should be absolutely common practice it should be everywhere it might take some time for that to catch on but 
the way we can contribute is by just making those simple adjustments. So, um, so yeah, hopefully more good news coming in 2021. I think some really positive things have already been happening, especially, um, Biden trying to start writing some of the wrongs that, um, that have been in place for yeah. four years with Did Trump. you see that he removed his Coke button off the no, desk? No, I didn't even know that he had that. He had, so a, he had like a Coke button to, so he could and press he it press and the he would button get delivered And then somebody would bring him. Yeah. That's so And Biden had it removed. Like they were like, Good. I was just picturing like somebody being like, do you want to keep the Coke button? And he would be like, That's the so what? so funny. He's like, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah, the what? <laughs> um, um, but yeah, um, I hope you all were able to feel some hope from that list. And totally. I look forward to the next list of great things that happened. And they're year. really big achievements as well that you mentioned. But just hearing that, because I think especially mm-hmm. th- this year, it was so hard to find those good things. But they were happening. Like, it's proof that it was happening. It's just, yeah. like, sort of hard to focus on them and find them mm-hmm. during times that are hard. So we hope that you guys found some lightness from all of those as well Absolutely. speaking of a huge year um for achievements yeah. is also a huge year for music as well which is exactly what Alyssa and i had predicted um at the very start of all of this we said if there's anything yeah. that's going to come out of 2020 it's going to be a fuck ton <laughs> amount of art and creativity uh which is exactly what happened um a lot more time yeah, like for think. artists to focus on their projects mm-hmm. and start new ones and find inspiration in such an unusual year um which is lucky for all of us like we just got to soak up all of this amazing art um constantly being released into the ether so it was actually hard to like limit down my list to 10 albums also Mm -hmm. like coming from the perspective that this year did feel like seven years long so I like would think of an album and be like oh no that was like not this year and then it was um so we'll just start off at number 10 which is an album called melody it's by an artist called melody english and this is actually a new album for me i might even talk about it like in full on our next full length regular episode um but to go in like a little about it um this is like the newest album that i've been listening to lately and it's really soothing um and just like pretty fresh and just good it's like um an indie pop bedroom pop um sort of thing going on and melody is a singer she lives in brooklyn um and she moved to brooklyn after getting hit by a car um and she just decided that she needed like a change of pace and moved there Uh, is she like injured from um, i actually like didn't go into too much uh research (laughs) about that but i probably should have um yeah i didn't know like how injured she got but um melody we're thinking of you um but yeah she is cousins with um like one of the people in the band porches um i think you might know porches i feel like i've added a song by them on one of your playlists but um it's a really great band i really like them and uh yeah just a really awesome album and a new artist to keep your eye on for future projects so yeah can't wait to see more from her um number nine is um let's skip to the wedding by idress we've talked Mm. about 
about that on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, we both thought it was like a really fun time. We simp mm-hmm. for it. <laughs> Are you still simping, Alyssa? Uh-huh. Okay, good to know. Um, but yeah, it's definitely our favorite album for 2020. That's all about simping for the person that you love most in the world. Um, don't know what's better than that. But yeah, just a really fun album and a fun and fresh guy behind it, um, which is Idris or Idris Vicuna um, is like his real name. Um, and now there's like a few popular songs by him on TikTok, which is pretty cool, I guess. Um, it's crazy how much TikTok, like how, how much it has on the music industry. Like, there's like a 17 year old girl who wrote a song you've probably heard it maybe like i don't know it's called like i think it's called driver's license um but it's like blew the fuck up on tiktok and now it's like the biggest song of um 2021 or like 2020 like it's crazy how fast tiktok is just a bit it's like the vision it's the manifestation of how globalized things are like shit something will just catch on and then it will like the entire world like it literally controls the world tiktok controls the world yeah it It actually runs shit um and it's like scary but that's a story for another day it's powerful it is um And then coming in at number eight is an album called Surviving is the New Living by OK Kaya. Mm -hmm. We talked about that. It was really hard to, like, find albums that we didn't talk about because I... We talk about the albums that I'm like most passionate about. Um, of course, no, but that's that's. I think that's good. It's just confirming. Yeah, I guess it's like, just like what? summing it up. Um, but mm-hmm. surviving is the new living does sum up 2020. Um, and this this was <laughs> yeah. probably one of my favorite like quote unquote quarantine albums. Like, yeah. if not my favorite, yeah. um, it's like just the perfect album about quarantine yeah. and. It, very spooky spooky and beautiful and kind of funny um she just like and relatable and relatable yeah like overall it's just a fun relatable relatable teen album um (laughs) and i think like anybody who listens to it can feel like very impacted by it and like relate to her and to her lyrics because they're just really funny and blunt and Mm -hmm. like she's singing about having the quarantine blues um but yeah definitely an album i enjoyed this year um next up is i was born swimming by our girl squirrel flower Mm -hmm. this is a great album it definitely helped preserve my sanity i would say in 2020 it's very like calming and um I know they're like fucking like a hundred female fronted indie records, probably just like this one. Um, mm-hmm. But like this one hits different for me. It feels like very close to home and full of warmth. I don't know if that's because Squirrel Flower is like a proper New England gal, but <laughs> yeah. I just really love her and I think she's really down to earth. And like whenever we talk about her, she always like responds and interacts with us and i i don't know i just really like her as a human yeah um and her version of the song so hot you're hurting my feelings is so good but yeah just a perfect album next up at number six is an album called a collection of fleeting moments in daydreams by orion sun you know orion sun the song antidote oh yeah yeah. Yeah. It, she's fucking incredible. Um, yeah. So I've yet to listen to an album that's like as beautiful as this one. Oh, I think it's I'm really. 
tonight. A perfect album. I feel like you would like fucking love it so much. Why didn't you tell me about it before? I feel like when I add a song to one of your playlists, I'm just like, okay, Alyssa can like do the rest. Okay, of the fine. Work. Like <laughs> Alyssa can do, do something you know I mean? after I just spent all these hours crafting the perfect piece of art. No, hey. <laughs> so it's amazing, and it's literally exactly like what the album title is like it really is a collection of fleeting moments in daydreams without sounding really cheesy um it just feels like uh, you can probably speak on that knowing the song alone antidote but like it just fills your entire body up with sunshine every time you listen to it like when i listen to that that i'm like Alyssa and i are driving to the beach on a sunny Mm -hmm. day in florida literally same that is what that song it literally just like fucking pumps serotonin into you it's like (laughs) I don't know. Every time I listen, listen to the song um, Mango next. Oh, I've heard that one. Like, I love that oh, one. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it just makes your body feel like it's transforming into a mango <laughs> and the sun is shining on yeah. you. Um, but Orion's Sun is just a one-woman project. She writes and she sings and she produces and plays multiple instruments. I didn't know that. She's so talented. Oh, my God. There is nothing this woman can't do. Yeah. Um, so be sure to support and buy and listen to some of Orion's Sun's projects today. This album is an amazing piece of art, and I think Orion Sun is really underrated. So go show some support. Um, moving on to our top five, Ooh. we have songs and instrumentals uh, by yes. Adrian Lenker. We, of course, I mean surprise, surprise. Mm-hmm. We chatted about this album like Adrian on one of our last episodes. We love Adrian Lenker. <laughs> we would fucking die for her. I think this album. Um, like honestly came out pretty quietly like i know we talked about it but like it was was, like not that much hype um like i think it's because a lot of people like know the name big thief but they don't know like her name maybe that's what it is i don't know i think also she's just like a small indie artist also big thief is like not that big like (laughs) big thief is like like a lot of people more people know big thief well, i think course. than just her so of course yeah. but i think it's still but like a kind of a small band they they are getting bigger but i know what you mean but yeah i i hope this album like found everyone that it needed to and i think it's really nice and really peaceful and just really like serene and beautiful thing to come out of the pandemic but yeah we love adrian linker on this podcast another proper new england gal Mm -hmm. we love to see it Mm -hmm. um number four is hannah by lomelda another one we've chatted about it's bringing back a lot of memories i forgot about that album i should listen Um, to it yeah it's so good um this one is like one of my favorite albums that's why i mean it's up there on my list but if you like good things in the world and people that make music that is good and sort of has that feel of like Alex G. I would say listen to this album. It's really deep and uh, like just easy to listen to and to sit back and vibe with. I play it on a daily basis with like whatever I'm doing. Um, It's pretty important to me. It's good. Um, Mm -hmm. You'll love it. Moving on. So these next ones were really hard Mm -hmm. for me. Um, Do your best. You can understand this but i'm sorry in advance so number three which is very high up on my list it is my top three is big heart manners by attaboy i know that's shocking i know big heart with your hands for that one wait why are you saying sorry well i don't know attaboy is like so special to us like it is like 
my number one, but also like it's tied oh, I, for number honestly, one. Honestly, I was wondering if it would even make the list at all. Oh, what? Are you kidding me? Well, because you just listen to so much music, Molly. Yeah, I know, but like that was like literally one of the biggest things to happen for I me know. in 2020. It was me too, honestly. It was huge, yeah. but I'm glad to hear it made top three. And yeah, shout that out, about right. just a shout out in this episode, um, Alyssa shared with me the other day that um, Attaboy is back in the studio making music and new projects Woo-hoo. again. So, so we have exciting. that to look forward to in 2021. If we have absolutely anything to look forward to, it's that. <laughs> um, but yeah, number three, Big Heart Manners by Attaboy, which is an obvious one. Um, it's easily earned its spot in my top three. I don't even think we need to think about that. Um, but if you uh, listen to the show, like, you know, point blank how much Attaboy means to Alyssa and I. Um, <laughs> it's like our best friend would you say that Attaboy is our best friend band or Dr. Dog? But yeah, I say both, both in different ways because Dr. Dog is like memories of seeing Dr. Dog live being together, but Attaboy has just been like a yeah. constant. I think Attaboy is like our friend. Is our, yeah. But Dr. Dog <laughs> is like our friendship band. Yeah, okay, I agree with that statement entirely. <laughs> I just like can't imagine how powerful we would be as friends if we ever got to see Attaboy live. Like We will. Okay, what do you mean if we ever? We will. Well, we don't know if like, yes, we will. ever tour. No, no, no. We will. Yeah, okay. We'll manifest that. We'll start manifesting yeah. right now. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, this is like the first album that they've dropped since 2012. So it was and it like. Was ama- it was just a fucking. It was amazing. It was a perfect it, yeah. album. It's perfect yeah. in every yeah. single way, shape, and form. Yeah. Um, it was one of the biggest, like, positive things to happen to us in our lives. It came out as a huge, <laughs> monumental surprise. Like, it was in such a lives. blessing. Um, it gives me goosebumps every time I listen to it. It makes me feel so warm. Um, it's just exactly what we needed this year, and Attaboy came to save us all. Mm-hmm. Um the only thing that like wasn't perfect about this album is that we couldn't listen to it together. So I'll just leave you with that, Alyssa. Yeah. Well, we kind of were. We kind of were. Well, not physically. Well, yeah, but we were like on the. F- I remember like you calling. were just giving me like a live review, and like, we were I was like listening to it at the same time, and then would, like call each other after yeah. every few songs, and like we were like live in. tweeting, but like just reacting over the phone. <laughs> we were live. We were verbally live tweeting the album together. Um, moving on to number two, which is mm. fucking crazy that this was this year, but it's "Man Alive" by King Cruel. This was an epic album for me. I think, like, one of my most played mm. albums, according to Miss Spotify Year in Rap. I honestly still don't... I just, like, cannot believe that it came out in 2020. Like, I refuse to believe it. I think it was, like, a Mandela <laughs> Effect conspiracy theory or something. Because it feels like it was years ago. Um, for some reason, I have, like, really vivid memories whenever... Um, a new King Cruel album drops. I don't know what it is. Like, I know that sounds really cringy, but it's literally That's like, like your the marker same of feeling where ev- it's like yeah, like King I feel Cruel like album I literally feel like is like Molly's measure. Of time. Well, that makes it sound even more painfully cringy. But like, it's the same sort of feeling when like everybody remembers where they were when like they found out Ma- Michael Jackson died. I remember. I know that's so crazy because I actually do remember yeah. where I, like the moment it happened. I was on the swings uh, at the Sandown condos and we were playing outside with Mackenzie Khalil and Jared Nemo. And then my mom came out on the back porch and she was like, Molly. 
Holly, Jonathan, Michael Jackson died. And we all like ran inside to our like different <laughs> homes. Like it was like so weird. Like we all just ran inside and like never went back out for the rest of the night. Um, but yeah, <laughs> That's so funny. when the, fir- when the first King Cruel album dropped, I was in, um, pavement coffee house, which is a coffee shop in Boston. Oh. And I just, oh. it was summer and I just ordered a I poppy seed pavement. bagel with vegan oh, with cream cheese. Cream. Yes! yes! You know, oh. you know the order, Alyssa. Yeah. And an iced chai latte. And I was listening yeah. to the album and just like transcending. Um, man, I would literally give like my left leg for... A pavement <laughs> poppy seed bagel with veggie cream cheese. With veggie cream yeah. cheese. I know, me too. I think about that all the yeah. time. I, like, have, um, like, a reoccurring conversation with the only other American that I know here. And I'm just like, Arlo, can we just fucking open a bagel shop here? Like, bagels, <laughs> if you get a bagel here, it's not a proper bagel. And they cost, like, $16. Like, it's, like, fucked. What? Yeah. It's fucked. But... Yeah, shout out to Pavement Coffee um, and their bagels. But when this album came out, um, I also had the vivid memory of, like, where I was. And I was on a work trip away in this weird country town in New Zealand. And I was, like, deathly hungover before going to work. I remember that. Yeah. I remember that. It was so bizarre. It was a really bizarre time in life. It was, like, right at the start of 2020. And it was raining outside. And I went down. I, like, mustered up the energy to walk downstairs to the hotel lobby and they didn't have anything vegetarian like it was this weird setup where like the front desk you could also order food and then um they didn't have anything vegetarian besides a grilled cheese and she this woman who was just like a mom made me a grilled cheese sandwich and I listened to the new King Cruel album and with like each bite I just like felt my body slowly nurse its way back to like good health and I survived (laughs) Good health. Yeah, and I survived that experience. So um, we love King Cruel in this household and always will. I can't tell you how many times I've listened to this album. It's perfect. Um, So without further ado, we've made it to this point. At number one, we have an album (laughs) called... I just want to listen to you drumming all day. Um, all Thoughts Fly by none other than my god of all gods, Anna Von Huswil. Oh my um, god. Really? So, if anybody who knows me, Alyssa including, you should know this. No one should be surprised by well, this one. Well, I'm not surprised that it's in the top ten, yeah. but I'm surprised that it's number one. This is hands down my album of the year it is number one i play this while i sleep i play it while i work out i play it when i work and meditate and exist you name the activity and i've probably done it already listening to this album i know you're right um so that's why i feel like it's rightfully earned its spot it's earned the title um we've talked about this album on our halloween episode um it's definitely like the embodiment of 2020 i would say like if 2020 was an instrument it would probably be the 17th century german pipe organ (laughs) correct me if i'm wrong (laughs) but i feel like that's accurate i mean the name a different instrument i I, I stand behind you you. i stand behind you like i don't know how else to describe that make it make sense but it just really like equals out for me that those two are equivalent but anyways 
yeah, this album, I don't even have to explain it. It's like, if you can do, yeah, if you can do every single thing to an album, like, I feel like that is your jam. Like, and maybe I've been sleeping on instrumental albums for a bit. Like, I've always appreciate them to, like, study to and, and things like that. But I think, like, I maybe equated, like, instrumental music to focusing and studying and that's it like I don't think I ever listened to instrumental music like in my free time for funsies um but I think there are a lot of benefits to that and there's something really powerful about an uh, like an instrumental album with just one instrument or many but this one is just one and like it can have you experience so much emotion out of that from like literally one instrument i don't know something to leave you with but Mm. can't wait to see what 2021 brings us alvi thank you for sitting through all that for a year in review i hope that you got like a little slice out of that slice of something i think we brought a a lot to the table a A slice slice of of life a slice of of life because like i think we reflected on a lot of things 2021 may be the year of realizing stuff and just like living your life and making sure that you acknowledge that maybe living your life to the fullest can look different depending on who you are as a person and it can look different in a lot of ways like how you're living your life can look different to like how i'm living mine and that's totally okay but it doesn't mean that we're not living it Mm -hmm. like Mm-hmm. to the fullest thank you so much everyone for tuning into the first episode yes. of 2021 she said she said podcast and we can't wait to chat with you next time <laughs>